Welcome to the podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a weekly service for anyone of any faith who is seeking hope. You can learn more and find more messages like this by visiting mygatewayfellowship.com or on iTunes. Now, here's today's message. We've been blessed to be able to lead worship at a lot of different places. And in a, in a few weeks, we're going to do a, a big event, a Night of Hope. We're going to do our Night of Hope. So you're going to start hearing more and more about that. And, and, you know, we're expecting a lot of people. But i got to say this before I do anything else. I just have to say this. There are times here at Gateway where it may not be a whole lot of people, but it's with my family. And there's moments, I don't know if you guys feel it, maybe some do, maybe some don't, but there's moments where it just feels when we are singing that God is just moving all through this place. And I thank you guys for allowing me to be a part of that. And I felt that just now. And, that, and, I, and I mean it when I say sometimes after we sing, sometimes I really feel like we can just go home. I really, really do. The, the words, the message is there in every single song. Jesus has paid it all. Do you have nothing to worry about? Right? If nothing. He's, he's paid it all. A debt you could not pay, no chance. He paid it. Taken care of. Covered the tap. You're done. You know? I'm running to your arms, Lord. When I'm falling short this week, when the troubles come, I'm going to run back. I'm not going to stay down. I'm going to run. You know, you're higher than every mountain that I face. It's there. It's there. So let those words just kind of marinate in your soul and in your spirit this week. Yes, I said marinate. It's the way I think. Before we start, um, and I'm not going to, I'm going to try to keep this short, but I do have some things to say tonight. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to, try to make it short, but I'm praying that we're going to be all right. Uh, before we, I do anything, though, I want to thank you guys um, for your support of WGTS this past week. As many of you know, this was our fundraiser. We had a high goal of $1.1 million. That's to keep everything going. Started Monday afternoon. We started that morning with prayer. And many of you guys uh, were, were there and you were praying for it. And uh, then we, we went right into it. And we ended on Friday, a little after 10, reaching the goal of $1.1 million and going beyond that. So God is doing things. God is doing things. And I'm happy about that. Obviously, you know, it, it, it keeps me having a job. And uh, also keeps us going strong. So thank you so much for that. And I wanted to give you that update. We're, we're just so thankful at the station for what you've done. And um, it's, all, it's a God thing. But I also have another note um, I wanted to share with you. Um, you notice Pastor Terry's not here. Pastor Terry's uncle had passed away. And um, he is back in Portland. He wishes he could be here with, with us. Um, he sends his love. And uh, I feel like, haven't we had this conversation before? Well, I had to tell you this. I just want you guys to, you know, share love with your pastor because Terry has been going through it literally since, I mean, it seems like it's been one thing after another. Um, he's lost his sister, lost his brother, um, aunts, uncles. I mean, it's just, it's been nonstop going after that guy. So, um, you know, Terry is all right now, I'm all right, but he could use a little bit of prayer because um, we're all human, right? 
So I'm just, I just want to submit that to you, to just keep, keep your, your pastor in prayer, keep us in prayer, your leadership team. We're, just, we're in this together. Um, so, amen. All right, I have a few things to say to you. I'm hoping that we can do it fast um, so it don't take up your whole evening. It's going to just give me about four hours and we'll be done. And then uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock for the rest of it. No, I'm going to go quick, though, seriously. But let's pray, because I want God to do something here. Only he can do it, and um, it has to be him. It has to be him. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your amazing love. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing, what you've already done. And we pray, God, that you would just bless us, Lord. Open up our hearts right now as we consider your, your word, your holy word, that has no mistakes has no flaws, and you've opened it up to us, Lord, that we can, that we can understand it in a way that, that affects our lives. It's a living word, Jesus, and we thank you for it. We pray that you would give us the wisdom to understand today, and maybe somebody will take something from this evening that can bring them closer to you, God, and that's all we want. So, Father, at the end of the day, let us end up where we need to be, at the foot of the cross with level ground, and I pray that you would just Forgive me, I'm not worthy to get up and speak your word, but God, use me and use each and every one of us here. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen. All right, so I've been studying uh, the past couple of weeks, couple of days, uh, pretty intensely, the book of Colossians. Everyone say Colossians. Colossians. Say it like you mean it, like you're not asleep. Colossians. Colossians. All right, so what, what, what we've been seeing is God... Uh, is speaking through Paul in the book of Colossians. And Paul is doing his typical thing where he's writing to his buddies at various churches. And he's trying to tell them a new way of thinking. So Paul is writing to the people of Colossae and he's saying, I got some things to tell you. This book is a short book, but it's power packed with all kinds of life changing information. I would, I, would, I would push you to take some time and read it, but I would also warn you that when you start reading the book of Colossians or really any book of Paul, you might find yourself challenged on a few areas, okay? But I'm going to try to break this down a little bit the best that I can and in you know, the, the way that the Lord leads, but I'm going to start kind of from the end of one part and we're going to work our way back. Sounds good? Confused yet? I hope not, but here we go. Paul is saying a bunch of stuff, and it's, it's kind of like us, right? When we get up here and start talking, you know, but Paul is a master communicator, a master teacher. But you guys know it. You've been to churches. You've been to services. You've been to meetings. You've been to conferences. And all of you guys know that there's, there's parts of the, the talk where you kind of fade out, you know? Let's keep it real. You kind of fade out a little bit. Oh, the pastor's t- talking. He's trying to be funny right now. But what is this guy doing? Can I have a tic-tac? Let me check my Instagram. Let me check my phone. Let me do something. You know, you know what I'm talking about? You, you've done that before. And Paul understanding that is keeping things short and sweet and getting right to the point. So there's some key things that Paul says in this letter to the church. Um, and one of them is found here in Colossians chapter 2, starting at verse 13 through 15. Now, we're going to read this. And uh, we're going to come back to it. So I think we have it on the screens. Now, this is really, really important. And it's, a, it's, like I said, this is a living word. It's alive right now. It's something that you need to know, that we need to know together. 
as a family, okay? So let's read this together. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you, oh, wait. God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us Say that like you mean it. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross and having disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them by triumphing over them by the cross. And that's a whole bunch of information right there. There's a lot being said here, but let's go back a little bit, Anthony. Thank you so much. Let's go back to the top at 13. It says this in 13. You were dead. You were dead in your sins. And when the Bible is talking about uncircumcision, he's talking about uh, the, cir- to be circumcised in the scripture was a, was, a, was a sign of you being with the living God, Yahweh. And anybody else was doing something different. So, uh, yeah, that's a long story. But anyway. You were dead in your sin, and you were living a certain way. But God made you alive with Christ, okay? And he forgave us all of our sins. Now, this is really, really important. It's stuff that you hear all the time. You hear it all the time, but he's forgiven us all of our sins. So turn to the person next to you, give them a high five, let them know you are completely forgiven. 100%, not 99%, not 95%, 100%. God has forgiven you all of your sins. If I was in the church of Colossae and I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, I'm struggling guy, I come to, I just like I'm coming to Gateway Fellowship, I'm sitting down in the chairs, and I know that I've walked through those doors with some stuff, right? Some stuff that nobody else might know about, but I got some things going on. You know what I'm talking about, right? You got some things, you, you got some fears, you got some worry, you got some addictions, you got some past situations that are just haunting you, and, and, you, and you made some mistakes, and nobody knows about these kinds of things. It's, it's intense. And then you hear Paul say this. You were dead. You were dead. And you were in trouble. You were in so much trouble to the point that you were dead. And only people who have lost someone understands how that feels. That kind of separation. That kind of finality to a situation. It was over. But then Christ made you alive. God made you alive with Christ. And he forgave all of your sins. Okay? So in the Old Testament, let's backtrack a little bit. When you hear about being nailed to a cross, it is the ultimate separation of God. It's unclean. It's unrighteous. It's a terrible thing. So Paul goes on to say, this is how badly God destroyed your sins. Like God didn't just barely beat up your sins. Like he he didn't just barely win this war. But he beat it up so bad that he made it a public spectacle. So you have this enemy who's against you, and sin comes in, and it's getting you. And you want to stop. Oh, I want to stop. I can't stop. I always mess up. I'm praying for forgiveness for the 800th time, and I don't know what I'm going to do, and this sin is just having power over me. I just don't know, Pastor. I don't know what I'm going to do. And devil's just working you, working you, working you. But then he, he, he's trying to make you believe that he's in control. When Paul is saying right here, listen to how badly God has crushed sin. That he took the very thing that was the symbol of separation. 
that was the unclean, gross, it was not, had anything to do with God. He took that and said, here, I will crush it and let you see that my love is stronger. My love is stronger. So your sins are forgiven in Christ. And that's good news. Now I want to backtrack a little bit because that's a really important thing to say and something that you need to know. But Paul starts off this chapter by saying a few instructions. He says this in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. So then, I think we got that too, eh, Anthony? Yeah. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. Next slide. Rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Three little points. Can you stick with me? Three little points. Okay. Talks about being rooted and built up in God. Remain in him. Be strengthened in him. And overflow in thankfulness. All right. When we're playing music, many times, Marcus will do a drum fill. Yeah, it's going. And, and I'll look at him like this. Oh, man. Tim, you know about this. This is a, it's a musical term. It's official in Gateway. It's called stanky. All right? Marcus is something just disgusting in a good way. I, I confuse Pastor Terry all the time. He's like, does that mean good or bad? You know, he doesn't sound like that at all. I don't, that was a terrible impression. But, you know, Marcus will do something really awesome, or Chris will do like some note or Nate is, you know, oh, and you just, oh, oh, that's stanky, man. It's it's so good. So in music, when you hear that, stanky is a good thing. What I'm about to talk about being stanky is not a good thing. Talks about being rooted up and built up in Christ. I think it's so interesting that Paul says this. Now, I've talked to you guys about this before, and, and, and Sam's going to kill me for this. But we got a nice house. Lord has blessed us. It's one of those places, like, you, you shouldn't be in there. It's that kind of neighborhood. It's cozy. It's really nice. And I always feel like when I'm cutting the grass, like, they think that like, I'm, like, the hired help cutting the grass. You know, like, they think, oh, can you guys do my lawn next? You're like, dude, it's my house, you know. But in front of the house, there's, there's, some, there's some trees, you know, some little bushes, but then there's like these weeds, and these are like welcome to the jungle kind of weeds. These are not like, you know, little things. Have you, anyone know what I'm talking about? These weeds that just get like tall. Like, that looks like an Amazon plant. Like, it's like, how did this thing happen? And what happens is we would, we would see these things get out of control. You know, my mother-in-law would come and be like, Mm, that's, that's a shame. <laughs> you guys can't have those kind of jungle growing. So we cut it down, cut it down, and, uh, and it would go away, and it would look nice. But it would come back up. How many of you guys know where I'm going with this? And why would it keep coming back up? Because you got to get to the root of the problem. I mean, literally, that's where that, that phrase comes. Let's get to the root, or let's get to the heart of this. Let's get to the source. And so when Paul says, I want you to be rooted up and built up in Christ, Paul is it's deep, guys. Because Paul is, you have to remember, Paul is such an expert on seeing through the nonsense. Paul is at a point in his life where he has seen it all. And I think we can relate to this in some way. And I'm not stepping on anybody's toes, but I mean, if I am, let me put out the other foot. I'll step on that one too, because this is important, okay? Sometimes it's like a tree, 
right? You look at the tree above the dirt, it's mighty, it's strong, it provides shade, the leaves change, it's, like, it's a powerful thing. But if the roots, if you got some stanky roots, it's no good. And Paul is saying that, he's like, I'm not concerned with how you look like out here. I'm concerned with the roots. And I, when it comes to Jesus, I want you to be rooted in him. And I want you to build yourself up in him because God looks at the heart. And there's, two, there's, there's such a problem in, in, in church, in, in, in any kind of religious system where there are people who are on the outside looking great. They look awesome, but if you could look underground and you could see their roots, you would see that they're struggling. And maybe they got some things in there that are not life-given. Maybe you guys know what I'm talking about. And if you're honest, when you get down to the root of the situation, you realize, man, Pastor Pete, I got some things I need to work on. Quiet. Quiet in gateway tonight. But that's okay. The good news is you can take that to him and he can work it out. But if you deny the fact that you got some stanky roots, then you're in trouble. You are in trouble. I'm not going to lie to you. You are in trouble. And that's why Paul is saying, look, there's this great ending to this, this, this verse. I, I've, I've covered all your sins, but I want you to live an abundant life. And this is how you do it. You're rooted up in Christ and built up in him. I think of David. Many of you guys know the story of David. David was a short, young guy. When I think of David, I think of, a, you know, a guy maybe five, six, with a beard, slightly overweight, musical, musical, you know, handsome as, as they come. You're just, just an awesome d- dude. <laughs> he reminds me of someone here. I don't know who it is, you know, but, and musical, you know, really musical. But more, more importantly, he, he made a lot of mistakes, but he tried. And that's, that's my favorite thing about David. He tried to honor God in everything that he did because everyone makes mistakes, right? But it's the fact of I'm going to try to make this right. And when you think of David, when you start in the story of David, you remember that they were looking for a king and they were going through all of David's brothers who looked really great, like mighty trees, you know? But what does this say? God said this. He said, you know what? I'm, I see all that and it looks good, but I'm more concerned with the heart. I'm more concerned with the heart. And that's how David got picked to be king. Fast forward a few years later, and David's doing a lot of cool things. He's been through a whole lot, but David has a little bit of a weakness. And he sees a beautiful lady, and he makes a big mistake, and he, man, he messes up everything. He gets his murder involved. There's adultery involved. It's just a terrible thing. And his prophet comes to start talking to him and start kind of saying a situation, saying, you know, David, there was this guy who had a, a whole bunch of stuff, but he kept trying to take this one man's one little prized possession, and he did it, and, that, and he killed that guy. And David's getting furious. Let's, I'm going to get that guy. And what does the prophet say? He says, David, you are the man. David could have hidden it from everybody, but not from God, because God knows the roots. So I would challenge you today, root yourself in Christ. If you need help, you can do it with God and with us. This is what the community is for. Then it says, strengthen yourself. Strengthen in the faith as you were taught. One thing that amazes me, I've talked to Kyle about this, who does our sound, and maybe you guys don't know this, but Kyle like plays every instrument known to man. He plays the guitar, he plays the bass, he plays the drums, he plays the piano, he plays the flute. What else do you play? 
timpani. He plays, other, you know, I don't know. But he's really amazing. We were talking about stuff, and I was saying, you know, inside everybody's mind is the capacity to become a great musician. Like, it's there. And inside everyone's soul and spirit, there's a capacity to do something great, to become a bodybuilder, to become super strong. But what separates it? It's putting in the time, right? You have the ability to be the best piano player here in this room. It's there. Your hand, can your hand do this? You can do it. But you got to put time into it. You got to go to the gym. You got to start working out. You got to start playing those scales over and over and over again. Do a slow, slow metronome. But the thing is that the, the capability is there. And each and every one of you, no matter how old, no matter how young, you could do this. But Paul's saying, you got to strengthen this faith that God has given you. Because many of us, we start off with a lot of faith. We're on fire. We're, we're just going. But then somehow we kind of let, you heard the term, I've let myself go. <laughs> I know about that. Let myself <laughs> Just kind of let myself go. What happened, man? You just stopped doing what you used to do. You stopped doing what you used to do. You used to, used to practice all the time. You used to pray all the time. You used to spend time in the Word all the time by yourself. And I, I don't do that anymore. I, oh, I mean to. I used to pray with my wife every day. I used to pray with my husband all the time. I used to pray to God asking you know, for help. I used to just rejoice. I used to praise him all the time, but I stopped doing it. You kind of spiritually have let yourself go. But Paul is saying this, strengthen yourself. Strength, you can get it back. It just takes work. It just takes work. And then it says this in the end, overflow with thankfulness. Live in a life of praise. Live in a life of praise. Just thank you, God. Thank you. I can breathe. Thank you, God. You got me out of that situation. Ooh, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously. I don't deserve to be standing here right now. Thank you, Jesus. You know. And when you see other people, encourage them to live a life of thanks. There's no stone throwing here. It's just living that life of thanks. So a few simple things. Root yourself in Jesus. Let me make this crystal clear. You have to do a self-evaluation tonight and find out if you got some stanky roots. <laughs> find out if you got something bad. Check yourself this week. Hopefully you'll remember this idiotic phrase that I'm saying, that you might be in the work, at, at work, having an interaction with someone, and you, something ugly comes out of your mouth, or you're thinking, you're driving, and you know, and you're, man, you just see little Pastor Pete's head come over your shoulder, some stanky roots. <laughs> but you can get it back. You can replace that with God, with his love. It is not too late. But if we turn a blind eye, brothers and sisters, we're missing out. We're missing out. Because how many of you guys know living a life of forgiveness is so much more liberating than holding on to a grudge? You know, living a life that gives actually feels better than keeping everything. It actually feels better. Honestly, if you, haven't, if you don't believe me, try. I guarantee I guarantee it's, it's, it, it's tough, but once you do it, you see, truly, Jesus knows what he's talking about. So cut those roots out, or else they're going to keep coming back until you get to the root. 
So get there and then strengthen yourself up. Whatever you need to do, start praying. If you need to talk to someone, talk to me, talk to Kiki, talk to Tim, Kyle, any of us, we're here to pray with you guys and get us, get us going. And maybe above all things, just start living a life of thanks. Just be a little more appreciative of what's going on. So, you know, I always feel like um, when, when we come here, I just have a burden for, for those who come heavy-hearted because I, I know I know that there's a lot of that here. And uh, I know that anyone who would come here on a Saturday night at 5 o'clock, like, they mean. <laughs> Y'all mean it because people go to church Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. That's kind of like a tradition. But you guys are here on a Saturday night. And uh, we found a good community in each other, and I think it's a beautiful thing. But I know there's a lot going on. And um, when I hear these verses and I think about what Jesus did on the cross and what he, how he was able to make this public spectacle of sin and, and say, listen, I paid it all. The debt is paid. You're forgiven. I just think of maybe someone here tonight just needs to remember that. And maybe someone here tonight needs to just kind of refocus and, um, and stop trying to do things on your own because you can't do none of the three things that we said by yourself. But with Christ, you can do all things. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship. We'd love it if you came to visit sometime. We meet each Saturday afternoon at 5 at the Mrs. John Hopkins Memorial Chapel at Tacoma Academy in Tacoma Park, Maryland. You can learn more and get directions by visiting mygatewayfellowship.com.